0: Welcome to Mariah's Mind. This is the place for you to remember who you are and to find those conscious conscious places of existence within your own field. And consciousness is, (laughs) I say, consciousness is delicate, delicate, in one of my songs. Um, It's very delicate, and you have to be in charge of how it's going to be Uh, imprinted and how it's going to be used and what is going to consume you and what you're going to consume. So Mariah's mind is uh, again a a remembrance of who you are and where your mind can go and an open place for you to have thoughts um, that you may have not given yourself permission um, to have. So this episode is going to be about being a business owner coming from a lens of spirituality and embodiment. And I know there's a big, it's all the rage right now to be embodied. (laughs) It's all the rage um, to be a spiritual entrepreneur. And without all the fluffy nature of it, what does that actually mean uh, in a day-to-day situation? Um, And what does that mean for the the legacy and the long term, for me, this whole spiritual entrepreneur business um, started in 2016, and it has been um, the wildest of rise, and it continues to be as uh, my businesses MIBV and EWA, my um, international business and vitality incorporated, is. Um, first corp and then Embodied Wealth Academy is the second corp and we also co-own some other little babes out into the world Uh, but it it started it started with me um, actually let's go let's go way back let's go for the first entrepreneurship journey which was when I was in grade five I was ten years old and I decided that I needed to fund my chocolate addiction. (laughs) So what we did, um, we went to school, we sent intention. I didn't know about intention setting then, but we're just living our lives as a little minion. And one of my friends had all these little stretchy band things. And she's like, I don't know what to do with these. And I was like, I'll take them off your hands. So then I designed all these little bracelet things. And I sold them for 25 cents a pop. We were doing really great. I had hundreds of these things, so... Um, I kept making different designs and um, we were making a mint but then the demand got so high that I had to hire my friends in order to um, keep up with the uh, the inventory. So then I had to figure out how to pay the humans that were supporting me and, well, my dad still works, well, it's not called Cadbury anymore, but he was working at a company And they had all sorts of gum. And this one particular gum, I forget what it's called, but it was like red and spicy. And I absolutely despised it. So my dad would come home with boxes of this stuff. So I would take the free gum and pay my humans um, with gum. So everyone was being compensated for their time. And I had absolutely no um, overhead, which was really amazing. But at the time, I'm like 10 years old, so I don't really have a full business structure understanding, all I knew was there was money coming in and no money going out, um, except for my personal investment into my chocolate addiction. So um, eventually we ran out of product and I had to come up with a new way to feed my chocolate situation. (laughs) So then I went more into the arts, um, like hand drawing arts. So I was always obsessed with fashion and creating. So I started drawing all these like wild um, different dresses and all these designs. And I promoted myself as a fashion designer, as you do at 10 years old. And so my angle on selling these pieces of clothing was buy this now, buy this today, and I'll make sure you get it when you're an adult. So I literally had like eight to 10 years lead time to make this <laughs> garment. So people were buying essentially the art but like with the stance of that they're gonna get the actual thing when they're an adult. I think I was selling like $1.50, $2 um, per sheet, depending on how many pieces were on it and whatever. And then that got like, woo! We were really doing really well. So then I had to hire designers, and it's funny because I'm in a, a similar situation right now where I have to hire designers. So we've been uh, we've been plotting and planning and experiencing this since uh, we were we were a little babe. So we had designers, but I had to approve their designs, of course, and. Um, I was running the d- designers and I need someone to run a different aspect of the business. I think um, like getting more clients in or whatever. <laughs> so I hired my best friends who were like co-owners and we even like did the legality. Like we had a contract, we had a book, we had all everyone's name and how much we we're making and blah, blah, blah. like it was real intense. We were like, got it together. But then I wasn't approving all of the designers um, designs fast enough and also I was a little bit harsh. So then my business partner decided, <laughs> my bestie decided to overthrow me in the, in the company. And so that was a, a new experience. <laughs> so then I got kicked out of my own company because I wasn't proving designs, but of course I was the creative mastermind. So the company didn't do well after I <laughs> left. Um, and I took my half of the funds and all the things. Um, yeah, I was a pretty ruthless business owner at 10 years old. Um, and then if we fast forward um, from, <laughs> from being a youth um, into an adult, uh, my first actual adult uh, experience was I was a muralist. So I would do murals on people's walls, and the first one that I did was a little gruesome. Um, I was drawing or painting somebody's recording studio, which is pretty cool, on one of their walls. And I had to draw like these zombies and people with their brains out or whatever. Um, I wasn't really connected to the idea of the art, but we did it anyway. Um, But that was my first experience of, oh yes, we need a budget for paint, and we need a budget for time. And I think I only charged, I think I charged like $300, but looking back, it was probably more of like a $2,000 job. But I was also like 18, and I didn't know any better, but we did what we had to do. Even had little business cards and stuff. Um, and then I went to business school. So I was in business marketing uh, for two year a two-year program in Newfoundland, Canada. And that was really intense. Nine courses for, yeah, that was... That really did something. Um, I wouldn't say that I learned a lot in regards to business. I would say I learned more about work ethic and um, your ability to complete a lot of things in a short period of time because you have no other choice. Um, And then I was like, I don't know who I am. I'm doing the things that I was told. I know that I want to be a business human because I've always dreamed of doing that. I've like, I was the 10 year old with the planner. So I knew that I had this urge and need to create something in this world that would be impactful, but I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. So I thought after I graduated that I was just going to scrap this version of reality and find my art again. So we entered our hippie stage uh, in 2016. I was still, I was still um, very specific on time management and things. So I did teach myself Adobe Suite. I made myself um, go through the entire Adobe Suite eight hours a day for two months because I wanted to take the summer off because it was the first time I hadn't worked because um, I was working while I was in school and (laughs) when I was a child. So it was a very uh, intense experience, like really sitting down and learning these programs from the beginning to end. The first program that I learned was Animate CC. Of course, let's learn the hardest one, but starting with animation taught me all the different levels of, of layering. Um, and just circling back, and this is all connected to uh, branding and embodiment, because once I graduated from college, and then I moved into um, my hippie stage, I started doing my Reiki training. Um, I started doing yoga, and then I was just a full-time Reiki practitioner in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I was ruthless with my promotion. Um, and business cards and like I really tapped into the entrepreneur in me because I had to and I remember I was doing sessions $50 uh, for like I don't know it was an obnoxious amount of time I think it was like an hour and a half or two hours it was you know you you learn over time Um, but that really showed me how to run your own thing as an adult in the real world of course I struggled course I went through things, pricing stuff, um, jumping around to different places to actually practice. I practiced in my home for a little bit. It was uh, really rough to have to completely depend on yourself because I've never had to do that um, before because everything was structured, whether it was school or work. So, the structure of my time to learn the Adobe Suite, which I didn't know what was gonna, that was going to turn into. Um, and then structuring my day and making all the appointment things and learning how to work with people uh, and making your own like solid schedule and routine as an adult at the beginning is pretty rough. Cause I was only, I was like 21. No, I was like 20. Yeah, I was like 20 years old. so you're barely a, you're barely a human so i did my best and then there was a moment where i recognized that all the clients that were coming in were entrepreneurs and i was like interesting it just like really sat with me and i, I recognized that all those sessions that i was having with entrepreneurs we were talking about their personal life but i was also coaching them into business just from an intuitive standpoint which what made sense and i was like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I started making that transition of only doing sessions with entrepreneurs, so I was niching. I started my niche, and the niche was doing well. And I believe I had, so I had Reiki with Mariah, and then I had design with Mariah, and then there was some overlap where we would do a Reiki session, and then we were all open and floaty, and then we would go and do some strategy stuff and talk about design. And then um, I realized like, okay, we're running these two different companies, but they're trying to overlap, but I didn't know how to overlap. And I was also a little bit, um, of, I was I was avoiding a component of merging different aspects of myself by keeping the company separate. Cause I thought I had to be super corporate. And then I also thought I had to be super hippie and, I think we went from Reiki with Mariah and then Design with Mariah. And then um, there was a moment where I stopped doing Reiki for a bit. And then what was I after that? Oh, I was Creative Health. And then Creative Health was was the emergence of doing actually kundalini yoga, Reiki sound and like intense business stuff. And I remember when I first made Creative Health, uh, at the time, I got a grant to run a seven-part, seven-part workshop series for free in Halifax. And I went, like, it was an unbelievable experience. And I'm still in contact with a lot of people that went to those workshops. It was, like, really seeing me in what I'm supposed to be doing and what I was doing in, what was that, 2018? No, not 2018. 2020, what I was doing then is what I'm doing now, but, like, at a totally different level and a totally different angle. So then, uh, was that 2020? Yes, that was 2020, because I remember the branding had 2020 all over it. And then I was like, okay, this is great that we're running as a sole, sole proprietor, but how do I actually ground this idea of merging and embodying all of my spiritual practices and all of the business things? How do we put that in a place that's digestible for me? that's still gonna create depth for the the people around me that can be understood, that can be respected, and that people actually wanna work and be inside of. So then MIBV was born. MIBV was born, Mariah International Business and Vitality Incorporated. So Mariah, obviously me, international because we are an international company, business, obviously, and vitality is the key here because you can only be an embodied business human being if you are alive and well, and there's so many businesses where the human that's running it, or the ED, or the CEO, or the president, the the person that had the vision in the first place, um, is not, you know, they could be doing a little better on their little yogas or their meditations <laughs> or their water intake. They could be doing a little better. And embodiment um, over time from as a child, to the Reiki, to just the design, to creative health, to MIBD, um, it, it's like a constant personal development process because if your business is not growing, it's because you are not growing as a human being and you're not growing as a human being because you're not embodying the gifts, you're not embodying the archetype um, in which you're supposed to be. and. With MIBV um, being what it is, um, it feels like everything that I've done up until this point has soothed something in me, and something has clicked within me around what it means to be an embodied practitioner, but an embodied human being, and an embodied um, business owner, um, and. Uh, all the talks and all the things that I do or when people ask me um, there's this idea of how do we uh, reflect the brand and how do we make sure that the brand isn't um, uh, a fake version or uh, a um, idealist version of of the self and I'm very committed to my brand, as you can tell, um, with I Only Wear My Colors and the the story around the colors people have asked me before um, and how I remember this embodiment, how I remember who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing and the impact that I'm trying to create. Uh, in 2021, 20, yes, um, I was going through the deepest places of my soul <laughs> around um, mother wounding. And I was deep into my channeling spaces of sound. And most of my life I have not like the color pink. And as I was going through this mother wounding work, I was having these really deep experiences of being back in the womb and touching the, the inside of the womb. And what does the womb mean? So this is where this uh, development of the deep pink color of the brand comes from. This reminder that we're always in the ro- the womb growing something. And the blue is the water and the fluid that's always moving around us. And how you have to remember um, the oceans and the rivers and the streams and the movement and the coding and the memories that are forever trapped in, not trapped, um, held within uh, all the fluids uh, that surround us on the earth and how the water within our own system um, also is holding all of the memories and stories and lines. So the consumption of water, um, the beauty of the of the aquatic um, sound is forever cleansing and, and allowing us to grow. And then we have white um, which is purity and cleanliness and seeing and vision. And I have little um, specks of yellow here and there or gold um, just to remember the brilliance of you and your movement. So by me wearing those colors, it's like a full commitment to my own evolution and the reminder of the consistent birthing process that I'm going through every single day, every single moment, um, and every single year. And as I move into my uh, out of my, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, out of my Saturn return, ah, I'm going to be done. 20, 29, yeah? Um, as I move out of there, it's like, this is the most beautiful ride of being uh, a branding human, um, because we just, we get to create universes around individuals and universes around um, people with just amazing ideas. All of the assets have a certain resonance and a sound, and it's um, quite beautiful. And as I move into, uh, out of this Saturn return, I'm in this um, this constant reminder of, like, in order for me to embody the work and embody the impact, embody the things that I'm trying to do, I have to go through these uh, really deep, uncomfortable, uncomfy places, and I've been severely uncomfortable the last two weeks or so. But now we're going into this um, spring equinox, and I do feel like there's this lightness, and not only the sun being out, which is helpful, um, but I really feel like I've been processing things um, that have been humming on the on the surface for a while. Do 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 Other corp branding, other corp. Um, We have another corporation called um, Embodied Wealth Academy, and that one's new as of 2023, January 2023. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is grounding lifted minds, is I had a really hard time not treating in person and not teaching in person. And EWA has been operating underneath MIBV or any other, or whatever structure I had before. Um, for a very long time but it had its own force its own energy and it needed its own space so we're like all right here's your birthday here's a (laughs) here's your own um corp so it's its own legal structure which feels really nice and from a energetic standpoint uh MIBB is more masculine in nature uh, because it's more logistics and things um and project management and PR and design And then EWA is all the holistic things, so sound and kundalini yoga um, and and reiki and reiki training. Um, And this is like the first year of it being its own thing, so it's interesting looking at my capacities of embodying the work and where I have to put my focus, um, because MIBV is its own living creature right now. Um, And that's been really, nice for me Um, there was a a meditation that I did underneath EWA where I experienced what it was like to let go of me being the business of MIBV and it being its own entity and its own creation Um, and now we have a we've created a hierarchy of needs for businesses so the bottom layer is project management and then we have um branding, and then we have media development, and then we have PR. So the last two levels on that triangle um, are for legacy building, and the first two is for foundational um, and, and resonance. So as this beauteous MIBV creates itself, and we need more humans, and hiring co-op students, and all these different aspects, um, while it's running itself, there can be more um, energy in, in creating with EWA, but because of their own things, um, it's really interesting to see how they both want to be a part of everything that we do. And I've noticed that every company that we're working on, whether it's an event, a retreat, an app, clients, there's always an overlap. So' I'm, I'm even now I'm doing treatment on the CEO or the present president, but then we're also going to doing a strategy session in design. So, um, the, the foundation of what I've been trying to do since the beginning of merging those things is really in a, in a beautiful slot um, right now. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to see when you embody the, the values and the morals that you hold as a human being and that echoes into your business structure. Um, people really receive that and want to be a part of that and they're excited for that. Um, yes. That is my rant on embodiment and my little journey as a, not really a little journey, my grand journey, and that continues to go <laughs> um, around embodiment and branding um, and trying to do your best uh, as, a, as a business owner, especially when you've started from early in the game and you're realizing how many things Um, You could be doing better. (laughs) Uh, But I think that this is part of the adulting and uh, maturity. So thank you for watching, and I'll see you on the next episode.